Welcome to Adjust Your Life, an integrative health podcast about you and your overall wellness with Dr. Tim Dooley and Dr. Patrick O'Brien. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Adjust Your Life podcast. Today, we are going to continue our series of different sports-related injuries, uh, the top couple injuries associated with them, and things you can do to treat them and remedy them. I'm joined today with, as my usual, Dr. Tim Dooley. How are you doing today, sir? How are you doing, doctor? Just fine. All right, so... Last week, last visit, I should say, we talked more so about football-related injuries, things to treat for that. We're moving in the direction of golf today. Golf injuries are more common than I think you would realize, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, especially right now with our age group. All we do is want to play golf and want to be good at it, and we're terrible. And we just keep swinging it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, there's mental injuries just as much as physical injuries because you get frustrated, right? So I know about a few injuries just swinging repeatedly. So let's, let's go into like, uh, we'll just talk about just, you know, off the cuff, topple, a couple top injuries that people typically exhibit with golf. I'll let you kick that one off. Well, so the first one, the most common one is definitely going to be your back because if you're swinging a lot, doing this, trying to do the same swing repeatedly, mechanically the same, and with that back swing and that turn and torque, it's got to be back pain, lower back pain, stress, lower back pain, strain, sprain, inflammation, um, and obviously, that's our that's what we treat the most of from golf injuries. And you take a look at a lot of the golfers and the pros; they do you know, obviously way more swings than the average person. And their most common injury is back pain as well. Yeah, and I think the, the physiologically speaking, or I should say anatomically speaking, there there's in your in an individual spine, you have the front part of the spine was where kind of the the main bones are and where the disc is, and on the back part, you have these joints called facet joints. And the facet joints are essentially where a lot of the movement occurs. Yeah. So with a rotational type movement, and this could be incorporated with individuals that are throwing a lot, or it could be a baseball player swinging a bat or a golfer or things like this, you can amplify or cause mild irritation to occur within that facet joint. So it may not even hurt you while you're playing per se. It might be one of those things. And for me in particular, it's the next day. The day later. And I am feeling it like you wouldn't believe. So it then kind of recalls and how much I need to actually stretch and open that joint up maybe during I'm, as I'm playing golf or even prior to teeing off or whatever that may be. So. And combining with that, with that uh, rotational component that you have with the golf swing that you mentioned, you're also in a little bit of flexion, so which really puts a lot of strain, stress on the superficial muscles in the lumbar spine as well as the rotators. And a lot of times when you combine two motions in the same function or same same movement, those tend to really double up on the aggravation. So I yeah, wanted and to it just that. set yourself up for a having another injury or increasing risk for another injury to occur mm-hmm. from something else. So. And then when you're playing with a sore back, what happens? You start hitting the ball really poorly, really differently, and may possibly hurt something else also. Changes your swing. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, you know, how many golfers do you have as patients? I have a number of them that are in here frequently that play uh, in leagues, you know, two, three, four times a week, and they're constantly in here. And what I find really interesting, interesting is that, there's golfers that come in here and get adjusted and it helps them tremendously. But I have individuals that have a lot of back pain who are golfing. We adjust them and then they go to hit the ball and they aren't hitting the ball like they used to, um, whether it's positive or negative. And that's because, you know, you change the pelvic height, you change the lengths of the, of the legs, and all of a sudden it just makes you strike differently. So to get the most out of your game to prevent injury and to even improve functionality of your swing, being routinely adjusted would be, is highly effective. Highly yeah, recommend. I would promote chiropractic with uh, improving rotational trunk mobility and that's really important in golf as all your power comes from that 
For sure. Um, especially, you know, definitely in my swing anyway. Um, what other things with back pain? I, there's different types of back pain, obviously, but the number one is it's not really a strained sprain, is it? It's more of a, like a inflammation of the set joints. Overuse. Overuse. Kind of, yeah, and I, I think I would agree with that. And it's, again, it's when you have a weakened aspect that you've irritated over and over and over a period of time, you, like I said, the likelihood of enduring another on a secondary, uh, secondary type of diagnosis can occur. Like even so much so that it, your back could be weakened throughout the day of golf and your back's hurting you. And even simple mechanisms such as bending down to pick up a ball out of the hole, mm-hmm. you know, you never know. Like I've seen crazier things happen. So. I think 99.9% of people who play golf probably don't stretch before they play. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> me and, being one of I them. I mean, I, you got me who's <laughs> extremely non-conventional is laying up on the actual tee box on my side stretching, which is a yeah. great stretch, by you, mind you, on your side, leg kind of draped across you, kind of twist, and really just hold that stretch is ideal. Yeah, stretch. Please stretch before you go off, and also take a number of slow practice swings to get yourself loosened up before you just go right up to the tee and start whacking. Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree. Um, I guess other injuries associated with this could be, you know, when we stay in the topic of, like, trunk mobility, um, the musculature, the, the oblique muscles, which help for rotation of the spine, mm-hmm. uh, and the trunk, you know, if you move, move towards the front of the spine, you're getting into those oblique muscles, you're getting into like the rib context, you're getting into a lot of aspects there, which is just as important. So we don't want to endure some sort of a, a muscle pull in the abdomen region, um, or whatever that may be. So it's kind of like all encompassing all the way around. And I would say the vast majority of weekend golfers that you and I, and the rest of us don't really train our trunk, train our core at all, and we're just going right at it. So those are also very common injuries. And then when those oblique injuries and those abdominal injuries, those take weeks to heal. Your back injury, you know, we can probably get that recovered pretty quickly. But that, those oblique injuries, you know, you see it with Major League Baseball players, you know, they sit out weeks because they can't swing a bat. So it's the same situation with golf. You're not going to be able to swing really well. Yeah, because you, um, you use those muscles on just about everything you do. Yeah, pretty much anything, breathing, so. walking, yep. getting in and out of the car, all those little little you know accessory movements that you do that you don't realize use those muscles anyway yeah so key a key point for those injuries that we just talked about definitely um highly recommend a lot of stretching but i wouldn't rely on just five minutes prior to teeing off i mean this should be kind of maybe incorporated into a daily routine even if it is for a couple minutes and this goes for anybody so yeah the big injuries for me are the shoulders the like rotator cuff injuries but mainly the you know i have some old shoulders and we're pretty physical as chiropractors and obviously have some you know, extensive history with sports. So my shoulder range of motion, even from lifting weights and all that is, is a lot more limited than the average person. And I tend to develop impingements just on my backswing. So I got moving forward and back, forward and back on that same plane really impinges on it. And that's something we see a lot of too. I, you know, routinely with uh, a lot of right-handed golfers. I don't know what you can golf yeah. left-handed. Do you have the same problem because you're a right-handed thrower so yeah, you, it's, you it's, um, it's a def, a totally different swing, what, depending on what your, what your strong hand is, a strong arm is, you know, I've seen, I have a patient, for example, who's actually a teacher, uh, in a town just down from here. And he, um, is a, he has a lot of shoulder problems. He has a lot of, a lot of uh, limited mobility with his shoulders to move. So what this has caused for him is caused him to have back pain because now he's using a lot, utilizing a lot more movement in his lumbar spine as a result of having a problem with the shoulder. So this is a very chain reaction kind of, kind of thing, if you will. 
So by him having shoulder issues and him not doing the proper protocol to fix that, he's now developed back pain because he wants to play mm -hmm. golf. So yes, shoulder mobility is just as crucial as it is for lumbar mobility. Um, but yes, I mean like side to side, like I actually grew up kind of playing both ways uh, with golf. So like I've had days where my right arm is my, my lead arm is, is hurting me you know, switching to the other side is a totally different swing and I no longer have shoulder issues. So yeah, that does play a role. Yeah. And if you already have chronic inflammation in the shoulder, you already have degenerative processes going on the shoulder. Yeah. You got to find a certain swing that doesn't repeatedly irritate it. And that is very tough with how mechanical a golf swing is. And, and um, the exercises for these are not just, Hey, go lift weights and, no. and work your shoulders. There are a very, very specific set of exercises that yes, pertain to the rotator cuff, which mind you is made up of four different muscles, not just one. Mm -hmm. So then they all kind of require different types of movements. So it's important to, to speak with a doctor someone who understands that to make sure you're getting the care that's custom to you. Yeah. And we certainly can provide Absolutely. that with other therapies too. What do you think the most common, and we're breaking it down a little more than what we probably should, but the rotator cuff we mentioned, we have four rotators. What do you think the most commonly injured one is with golf? Is it Gotta be supraspinatus. Yeah, this this the supraspinatus, which I know everyone's abduction. like, what is what is that word? That's a big word. Because you're yeah. abducting right, abducting left, based on which way you're swinging. That muscle, and yeah, and abduct. Um, for for what that term is, is basically your arm being brought away from your body. So, that, which is a very common movement pattern, obviously, when you swing a golf club. That, in my opinion, I tell patients all the time, the supraspinatus, which is a, a big term, but it's one of your rotator cuff muscles, is probably. I, arguably the most injured muscle in the human body. Um, it's, it's a very weak muscle. Uh, it runs down the side of the neck, kind of down the side uh, towards the trap on the side of the arm. So it's, it's a common muscle. It's a muscle that is stretched and, and then forcefully, uh, engaged to swing a golf club. So mm -hmm. if you're going to look up even exercises on your own time from home, I mean, exercises pertaining to the supra spin atus, uh, I would be something that we would recommend. So. It's, you know, I always tell folks that it's a poorly made joint and it's a very difficult joint to treat also. Um, Absolutely. What do you think other injuries with, I, you know, I got a couple others written down here, but um, there's two different types of elbow injuries. We got the tennis elbow, which is more on the outside of the arm. That doesn't really affect you when swinging a golf club. That's more related to tennis or, or uh, ping pong or uh, what other games, uh, pickleball or lifting weights. And that depends weights, on which way you're swinging too. Swinging, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And then with golf, it usually affects the underarm which is your under elbow, the one that touches closest to your, your abdomen. Tendonitis of that or that area is very common. Um, that's repeated stress also. Yeah, and that's common with pitchers as well. That's that's also mm -hmm. very much influenced by a like heavy gripping over a period of time. Right. So if you have a lot of uh, overuse injuries associated with what we call golfer's elbow, which is on the inside of the elbow, um, this can actually affect your ability to your strength of grip and things like this, which in turn affects other things. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's, again, a very whole body approach with golf, it, it, a lot more than you realize. And sure. elbow is, is like the shoulder. They're both treatable, but you keep trying to push through them. You're not going to really hurt them, hurt them badly. But the more you keep playing, the longer they last. They, they just simply nag and don't yeah. go away. Yep. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I think the, another thing that it's maybe not super common, but I've, I've felt it myself is, is when you swing a golf club, not that I'm one to give expertise advice when it comes to golf. You're a great golfer. But, <laughs> well, not, not according to the other day when you and I played. So whenever, whenever you golf, um, you, you, you will have a lot of rotation, that front knee, that front leg will yeah. have a little bend to it. There'll be a little twist, but, but that leg is, is 
planted in the ground and there's a little rotation, this can potentially increase risk for what we would refer to as a meniscal injury, mm -hmm. which the meniscus and the knee, you have two of them in each knee, they're both like shock absorbers. So when you plant and you rotate, you run um, increased uh, irritation or risk to that meniscus, mm -hmm. which I'm sure we've all heard that term, but we don't want to cause any kind of a tear or irritation. So it's important uh, to obviously be aware of that, stretch out the knees, stretch out the quads and hamstrings, protect the knee, things like that. Yeah, and with... Uh with um, me, I can speak from experience. Is my front knee? I have meniscal damage and ACL damage. So, what I've gone to is I can't square up to a golf ball. I have to take my left knee when I'm swinging right-handed and move it out just a little bit to the left. So that way, when I rotate, I don't overstress those menisci. Because then, if I don't do that and I swing 50 times, I'm gonna have knee pain for several days. Yep. So keep that, if you do have meniscal injuries, try to keep your toes pushing outside. Uh, more like, I think I trained with uh, a golf pro and he had me explain it, like stand like you're kind of like a duck two feet out and that way you don't put too much strain on the, those knees. Because of my limited shoulder ability, I really have to turn my hips. And when I do that, it really can strain my knee. <clears throat> that makes sense to me, absolutely. Yeah. So that's also... Uh, a quick tip, not that you should be taking tips from me in golf. Uh, the next one, wrist you have wrist injuries. I mean, I don't I don't see a lot of those unless you really miss the ball and hit the ground, which is something I've done, something probably a lot of other people have done. But, yeah, if your wrists aren't strong and stiff and you hit that ground, it hits your club head and, and depending you know, on the club, your wrist. Depending on the club you swing, um, some clubs may require a little more wrist mobility to them, mm -hmm. um, more wrist swing. So it, it's quite a whipping motion, especially how hard some of these individuals swing. But again, it's not one of those things like, okay, I got through 18 holes, I didn't have any pain, I, I avoided injury. It's, that's not it. It's, it. As we've been saying, it's very much a complete overuse, repetitive type of, uh, of thing in nature where it will catch up with you at some point. So you got to make sure you, you do something about it before it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. like golf, it'll, it'll sneak up on you. Yeah. And again, these are all, these are tendonitis issues. And yeah, if you don't give them a break, they're going to bother you for a while. And, uh, you know, obviously we can direct you in the right way, how to treat it, how to avoid it, how to, you know, you know, not let this happen again. Um, but I don't, what other specific, are they just strain sprain and tendonitis? Like, I don't, you're not going to develop carpal tunnel out of this. No, I and I think that, you know, anything can happen with any type of, uh, of sport. I, I just think, the biggest one I really would hone into is, is abdominal strength and, and lumbar strength and, and keeping the proper mobility. From from our expertise standpoint, chiropractic and golf make the most sense to me. With that sport, I can make the argument more so than any other sport in a lot of ways because of how much it's required of the low back. I mean, I'm having issues after you know after playing nine holes, my back's already hurting. So <laughs> I know in manipulation, and now I think about it, I'm going to have you, I think, just adjust me before we tee off on the on the turn. So next time. Yeah, just lay you on the pavement, right? <laughs> it's just, it, again, for me, it's just that's the that's the number one thing is, is it changes. When you have spasms in the lumbar spine due to repetitive-based movements, you're going to start to see certain musculatures uh, pull the hip up on the right or the left, which influences how you stand, which in turn absolutely will change your swing. So if you want to consistently avoid injury, but then also consistently learn to swing the correct way, you're going to have to stay in the quote unquote correct, correct alignment. Mm -hmm. And that's where kind of chiropractic comes in. And then you avoid hip injuries, which we haven't talked about. And the hips, I don't know if they play a huge role in my swing, but I don't know. 
if anyone swing i don't really feel my hips yeah i don't i don't i think i mean having proper mobility of the hips and keeping the hips Certainly. open and, and, and fluid in motion i mean i could argue it would be beneficial in a lot of ways but i don't know about an injury per se but again we're looking not necessarily to fix something but we're looking to optimize the the sport mm -hmm. here on top of that so and that's really, certainly rotational and yeah you know, oh yeah sheer forces down there so that it, it's possible but um i think the most interesting injury i've ever seen i was talking to you about this before is we had a patient in here a couple years ago who injured his middle back swinging a bunch of golf balls uh in the driving range and he said he swung and hit the ground really hard and his elbow went into the side of his side of his rib cage and so i took a look at it started feeling around on it and we actually put him up on x-ray and uh, he actually broke a rib swinging a golf club i oh don't gosh. know if that's ever going to happen again but that's possible that's a powerful swing <laughs> assuming he didn't do it somewhere else just gotta yeah make sure we hit the ball i guess right yeah so. i guess oh man but i was kidding I'm, I'm, I'm terrible golfer so i'm allowed to say these things terrible yeah what i would do before you play you start swinging golf is you know typically what i do is i walk up to the driving range i buy you know pay for 75 balls and then i pay for it after i hit all of them then i pay for it for the next few days and what i notice is you know i'd go from being somewhat active to doing that and i've really set myself back so what i would recommend doing you know before you even start swinging if you're starting to get into it you know get yourself a good routine with abdominal core strength improve your trunk mobility with a lot of stretching i would use a lot of hamstring glute exercises as well maybe get into some squats or deadlifts or even some lunges uh, get into those things and upper back plays a key role in it as well uh, shoulder flexibility and hip flexibility i would work on all those things maybe for you know several days a week or two before you start just run out there and start swinging up balls yeah, now think, regardless you're going to be a little sore swinging that many balls anyway but you're at least you're preparing your body to prevent further injury prevent an injury yeah, and I think that like, getting back to what you said, abdominal strengthening, I think to, to focus more in on that, there's different types of movements. You know, you have isoecentric, you have isokinetic, you have isometric. And all you need to know about that is I think isometric exercises are going to be the best. Those are going to be the exercises where you essentially flex the abdominal region and you hold. Mm -hmm. So like bridges, planks, things like this, as opposed to like whipping the spine back and forth, doing a lot of sit-ups. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. Um, and then you could get into things where you kind of sit on your butt and do like low end kind of not super weighted types of rotational moves in a repetitive manner just to kind of prep yourself for what a swinging like pattern would be like. And then maybe, you know, get a pair of clubs and, and you know, sit in your backyard and just half swing, get used to the movement of the swing, kind of start to stretch the muscles out, get a feel for it, as opposed to just running out there and, and golfing for the first time in five years. And you never know what could happen at that point. So, right. Yeah. I so touch on that. Don't overswing. A lot of people who are just getting into it tend to overswing and you don't need to swing that hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree completely. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, that kind of encompasses a lot about golf and I know a lot of it may sound into some degree common sense, but I mean, you, you got to be aware uh, of these situations prior to actually going out there as opposed to, oh, I should have done that after the fact. So mm -hmm. we're here to, to educate you. And if there are obviously any questions, we're here to help. And, and uh, again, and chiropractic is just highly, highly recommended. I have a number of my friends actually who are chiropractors around the country who actually got certified. I think it's called TPI certified, yeah. which is essentially like, I guess, a mechanical com combination between like movement patterns, chiropractic, how to swing, a lot of variables and how it plays a role with, with, with chiropractic. So uh, another benefit as well. All right, guys, uh, thanks for listening today. Uh, that was our podcast on golf and the most associated injuries with golf. If you have any questions, please feel free to call the office uh, or see us on our website, ipmdohio.com. All right, take care. Thank you.